many owner operators we got out there, as much as you know, many inspections we do get, we're looking at 66% of our owner operators have zero CSA points. And that's I think awesome. that's a fantastic, fantastic number. And then you've got 22% at one to 15, which is still good. 16 to 30 at seven point six percent. So you, that's some really good numbers there to see. Welcome to the Oakley Podcast, Trucking Business and Family. This show is brought to you by Oakley Trucking, headquartered in North Little Rock, Arkansas. The purpose of this podcast is to communicate with Oakley owner-operators and their families by giving them up-to-date information concerning Oakley Trucking and the trucking industry, from business advice to safety updates to success stories, also to give an insight to outside truck drivers that might be interested in joining the Oakley family. Hi, this is Jeremy Kelly, Director of Recruiting here at Oakley Trucking, and I'm your host for this podcast. This is episode 95. So on this week's episode, we're going to sit down with uh, JP and Dustin Barnett from the safety department, from Oakley Safety Department, and we're going to talk some different things here. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the safety concerns that's going on in trucking in general real quick. Uh, Then we're also going to talk about some accidents that Oakley's had and the outcome of the accidents, and we're going to touch on just some safety concerns with the CSA and uh, a little bit of everything, but I, I want to encourage you to listen to this whole thing because, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a good one. And it gets even better towards the end. So y'all stay tuned and listen to that. But first, before we get started, let's do an Oakley update, which is sponsored by Aero Truck Sales. Keith Wilson at Aero Truck Sales in Springfield, Missouri is currently offering $1,000 off your first month's payment when you finance with transport funding or $1,000 off the truck price if you bring your own financing. They're also discounting the cost of an extended warranty by $500. Aero Truck Sales has been a longtime partner with Oakley Trucking, and that's because they specialize in first-time truck buyers. They don't do any leases. They have the best used trucks money can buy because used trucks is all they do. They don't sell any new trucks. And the biggest reason that Aero and Oakley are partners is service after the sale. It is very important to us at Oakley that when we refer you to a company, that they are a good company with good people. They do what they say, and they understand our requirements. So give Keith a call at 573-216-6047 for a good used truck, and tell him you heard about it on the Oakley Podcast. Okay, a couple things on the Oakley update I want to talk about. First, the the one important thing that I, I know is a challenge for a lot of people, but I want to explain it real quick real quick is our clean cut appearance policy that we have at Oakley Trucking. You know, we require everybody to be clean shaven, haircut, looking the part. Well, it's not just uh, being clean shaven and haircut. It is a whole package of what you look like. It is what you act like. It is your language at our shippers and receivers. It is the attire you have on when you roll out of your truck and at our shippers and receivers or anywhere you know it's do you have your ppe on at all these places it is what does your truck look like what does your trailer look like it's the whole deal and we have a a strict clean cut appearance policy here at oakley and we're very proud of it and we want to make sure everybody you know sometimes we have to have a refresher on this clean cut appearance and it's uh, something that i want you to know it goes a long ways you guys that that have service as a priority you actually produce a lot of freight for yourself. So keep it up. You guys that are doing it all the time, please keep it up, and we appreciate you doing it. But clean-cut appearance is something that stands out here at Oakley we're well known for. The other thing is I was talking to, um, and you guys might get into this later, but I was talking real quick to uh, 
Ashley, and she said to be sure and let all the owner operators know about the physicals that are expiring. Listen, we've talked about this before on this episode on this podcast. You've got to get your physicals done before two days before it expires. That we're having med cert problems where you have to send in the physical to the state. Well, it's, it, it's not just like that. It doesn't turn around that quick. So Ashley says, man, get, get your physicals at least a week or two early before it expires. So keep that in mind when you're going to renew your physical. Know about that. Also on the Oakley update, i like to recognize an owner-operator. And this week, I would like to recognize Mr. Larry Childress has been with us 15 years. Doesn't seem that long, but he, he has. He's been a, a great owner-operator for us. He, he runs the Little Rock to Oklahoma City run all the time and does a great job. I know I was asking his dispatcher about him, and he said, one, he said he likes to fish, so he must be a really good guy. <laughs> but And then also he said he was going to retire like five years ago, and we offered him this run to go back and forth to uh, 3M to Oklahoma City, Little Rock to Oklahoma City, and instead of retiring that's what he does for us and and brian his dispatcher says he loves to call him and give him a hard time every morning loves to joke and kid with him and when he's on the phone and he helps brighten his day so good good stuff from brian and and larry childers we appreciate you being with oakley trucking he uh, i forgot i usually mention what kind of truck they have and i actually forgot what kind of truck he has it's a yellow peterbilt i know it was he used to have that yellow peterbilt but sorry about that larry but we'll get that get that back out there sometime appreciate you you're always you're an asset to oakley truck and we thank you for being with us this long okay guys let's get into some safety stuff and one thing i wanted to discuss was some of the top stuff going on in the safety world in trucking right now and there's a lot of stuff out there right now and and coming in 2022 you know what's some of the hot t- well first of all I got jp jp's been with us both of you guys have been on the podcast before right yes yeah, yeah so i got jp here got dustin barnett here they're from the uh, safety department and i appreciate you guys joining me on this and knocking this out this morning so yeah. we can get it done because everybody needs to hear from the safety department and know what's going on and priority there because sometimes they, they don't want to hear from the safety department. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping this this podcast helps to, you know, make that relationship better so they can actually contact the safety department. But before we get into Oakley stuff, what's going on at in the safety world right now, JP? Well, you know, we just mentioned a little bit before walking in here, Jeremy, but, you know, that Canadian vaccine mandate that uh, has really taken effect here recently. You know, it's been a big topic of discussion across drivers across the world. And, and what we're seeing is basically they're going to require proof of uh, vaccination when crossing into Canada. And, you know, I got a few facts here on it. You know, they're estimating from the American Trucking Association, you're looking at only about 50 to 60 percent of U.S. truckers are vaccinated. And so you would believe that's going to cause a little disruption in the supply chain. Like there's already yeah. not enough out there as it is, but... You know, I saw where they said the cost of transporting produce out of uh, California and Arizona into Canada just jumped 25 percent as of last week due to this. So it already seen a little bit of effect. So I was reading an article yesterday on that and it was with Schneider is pulling out of Canada. Really? Yeah, they got a big terminal there and somewhere in Canada. I forgot the name of the place, but it said they're ceasing their operation in Canada. Oh, wow. I don't know if it's got to do with the. The vaccine thing, right. but uh, I just read that on news and I thought, man, that's pretty big. Now you're you're ceasing operation. Yeah, that's a big company. That's a big company yeah, to be, be doing, doing some of that yeah. stuff for sure. Absolutely. What else you got? And you know, with that, I mean, that's estimated about twelve 
thousand drivers prohibited from entering uh, the U.S. from their side too. So it, you know, like we said, it's going to be a little bit of disruption, but it's also going to affect our owner operators. You know, we, mm-hmm. you know, our pneumatics go into Canada, and we we need to be able to go into Canada. So that being said, you know, if the pneumatic owner operator doesn't have it, we need to be focused on getting that vaccine so we can get it into Canada and get that freight done. Yeah, there's a lot of freight that we do goes in and out of Canada. I was talking to the pneumatic guys. They felt like they'd, done, they'd already gotten their head of the game. They'd already gotten a list of everybody, and I think almost everybody's as good Perfect. to go, you know, that, that runs Canada. Awesome. Uh, we actually, and may, have, may know before this uh, episode even comes out, but we were talking about paying more, you know, oh, yeah. across the border. And, and doing that. So paying the owner operator more. So that's very well may happen. It may happen before this even comes out, but good deal. What else? What do you got Barnett? What's going on in the safety world? Well, my main focus is accident related. So I can speak a little bit on kind of some trends we've seen here recently, maybe some uptick on preventable accidents and the causes of those accidents. And what I, what we've seen is lane changes and, Whenever we look at the data and we look at the the styles of trucks, most of them are those long nose, you know, Pete's or KWs. No, is what we're seeing. And number two, pretty born up. Yeah, no, nice trucks. I I have them on my background screen on my computer downstairs. <laughs> but that's what we're seeing mostly, and a lot here recently are actually what should say a lane ends. So instead of you know slowing down, creating some separation in traffic, trying to get over prior to that lane ending they're kind of forced to make a split decision. They're in that left lane, it's ending. They can either take the shoulder of the road or they can try to force over into the right-hand lane. And, and you know- Our guy or the our guy. four-wheelers? Yeah, okay, our interoperators. And really, you look at it and they had plenty of time. The other driver had plenty of time to slow down. They saw our guy's blinker on, you know, do the polite thing. He's, he's trying to get in, the lane's ending. But nowadays we're seeing- that just common courtesy becoming less and less. And even amongst other trucking companies, you know, I was talking to a gentleman that had one and he said, look, I've been out here a long time. And usually when you see somebody in need and Hey, the lane's in and I need over, they, you know, do what they can to allow and prevent an accident. But nowadays they're speeding up, trying to block them in. And we just need to be mindful of create that separation prior to that lane ending. When you see that signage and, you're right. Uh, you are true in saying that the common courtesy is gone. So mm-hmm. I was quick story. I was going home the other day on I forty, and where Crystal Hill runs out, it's before the four thirty split right there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a. I'm in the middle of this truck, and I mean he he has he don't. I don't know if he didn't see me or what, but I'm kind of in the middle of his trailer, and I don't. He turned his blinker on and he's coming. Oh no! <laughs> he he don't he didn't care where where I was at. I don't know if he didn't see me because I mean it almost it was the closest I've been in a wreck in a long mm-hmm. time because yes. yeah I had to I had to try to slam on the brakes but he was kept coming over and then there was somebody on my side on the left side of me so luckily they helped me and they hit the shoulder and able to get out of his way but Man. the I mean you know I mean it's a uh, it's a bad situation, but it's kind of a situation like that because the lane was running out, mm-hmm. and he he just said, "I'm coming. You're going to have to get out of my way," which was, you know, put a little road rage in me. But <laughs> you know, I was trying to get his the name off the door. You oh, know, yeah. I'm holding my phone as I'm driving <laughs> by him, trying to take a picture, and I can't get it. You know, and yeah, it was a blur anyway. But finally, I calmed down after a little bit. But you're right, common courtesy is 
is gone these days when it comes to that stuff. It's, it is. Uh, you know, you see a blinker and you see a guy trying to change lanes and normally you'd slow down and kind of let, but in this case, they've been speeding up, blocking them, either running them off the shoulder of the road or causing them to, to come over. What's going to happen when these 18 year olds get in the trucks? Do you see that apprentice program or the pilot program? I did. I, yeah, yeah, I read sure it. Did. On, what do y'all think about that? that? I think it's a good opportunity to get more guys on the road, I guess, you know, with the shortage we've talked about for years now. But I don't really have too many thoughts on it. You know, we also you might that might cause insurance rates to go up if you start diving off into it. And, you know, what do you think, Barnett? You got anything on it? Yeah, I think it plays a big factor. I think it'll help in – recruiting more you know with the shortage but i think it will play a, a factor in insurance rates and the likeliness to get liability insurance over the road with less experienced drivers but overall i think if with the proper training and i'm sure as it gets you know more and more 18 year olds get into the program that will determine well this is the over the road i mean they can drive now just mm -hmm. in tri-state you know right so i mean this is just allowing them to drive Cross, cross, country, lines, you know, yeah. cross the state lines, which has been argued for years on, you know, why can't we let the guy right. drive across the state line, you know, when, when it's obviously there's no worse in certain situations of the country, you know, where it, yeah. it would help. So, I mean, I, you know, they're out there now doing intrastate. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm all for it, getting more people in mm -hmm. the truck driving industry. I mean, you send these 18-year-olds a big – the argument always is you – you know, you'll, you'll send them to the Army or the Marines or whatever to right. defend your country, put them in a, in a jet, a tank or whatever, you know, and let them operate that. I mean, it's a little different, but, you you know, you put a lot of faith and confidence in them to do that. And they, yeah. We can't, yeah. you know, they can't get approved to drive a truck across state line. So, yeah. And we've yeah, seen that, a lot of our owner operators talk about that too, you know. Have you? And you get kind of mixed feelings from them. You know, a lot of your older hands have been driving for a long time. They're like, well, that's, you know, I started driving a farm truck at so and so age and I was real young, you know, before CDLs were required. And then you get some owner operators kind of like, well, that seems like a little, little hazard there. So you get kind of mixed opinions from yeah. them. Yeah. I think it'd be good. I mean, you know, maybe they won't be setting their ways so much you know yeah and a little easier to train when they're when they're that young to do it but there's a lot of i was reading this pilot program there's a lot of stipulations on this mm -hmm. you know right. somebody's got to be in the truck with you that's got so much experience they got to yeah. be so old and then they got to do so many hours of training there's there's quite a bit of stipulations that go into it it's not just hey step in and start right. driving and turn them loose there's there's it's, that's not happening yet so yep. but yeah that's uh, that's good okay some good stuff there what about we touched a little bit on the lane change what else is going on with the, that the oakley safety department needs to communicate to oakley owner operators well i guess i wanted to hit on a little bit of csa stuff and kind of go over that yeah and i know barnett wanted some Mentioned some more accident stuff too, but I guess we can talk about the CSA yeah, a little let's bit. Let's do real quick. CSA and then the, touch quickly on the geo tab. Okay. And we'll finish with those accidents we were talking about. That okay. sounds good. So, with our CSA, you know, and I think last time in uh, Barnett were on the podcast, Jeremy, we talked about this a lot and, you know, the FMCSA threshold and us kind of being right there at the threshold for unsafe. And uh, currently we're, we're still right there on the borderline of the, we actually did really good around November. We had got it down below threshold, so that was good to see. But December picked us right back up and put us right back there at the threshold. So in the unsafe category, mm -hmm. CSA, what does that include? That is going to be, you know, unsafe. What makes that go up and down? 
Yes, that's a good question. So that would be actually a DOT officer pulling our drivers over and issuing them a roadside violation on a level one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven inspection with an unsafe moving violation. And those would be things like uh, speeding six to 10, speeding 11 to 14, speeding in construction, improper lane change, no seat belt. And I think there's a few others out there. That's the first ones that come to mind. That's the ones that's uh, happening the most. Yes, sir. Now, you know, last year I looked at the past 24 months and our top three unsafe violation were all different speedings. You know, we speeding six to 10, speeding 11 to 14, and speeding in construction were our top three violations for unsafe. And those combined to give us and Oakley's drivers 860 CSA points between those three violations mm. alone. And um, speeding so is just, you know, ever since it's saying, I don't want, I hate to sound bad about it, but ever since it seems like we put in those Qualcomms, they, they went to those electronic logs and you know the time just ticks it seems it just yeah just make your own time it just puts people in a hurry you know when that that clock's ticking all day and they trying to get all their work done i mean i i can i can see where it can Absolutely. happen for sure and while we're really concerned about that too i mean fmcsa actually came out and said here recently that they're going to send out warning letters to carriers that are at a 50 percent unsafe basic Threshold. So 50% is obviously a lot lower than what the threshold is set at at 65. But the reason why they're saying they're doing that is they're trying to be more proactive versus reactive. So they're trying to get on top of it. And they basically said, you know, if you get this letter and you don't see, and they don't see an improvement in your percentile ranking, then you're going to set yourself up for more uh, focused audits and compliance reviews. So we're expecting a letter. I think we've already may have received one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we're really trying to focus on getting that down and getting a handle on it and I tell you, our guys can really just help us out, in my personal opinion, by not speeding in Arkansas. It seems like we've we had a lot of speeding. You know, I handle a lot of our violations. Me and Ashley do our roadside inspections, and I feel like a lot of the speedings I see are in Arkansas. No, uh, so that, well, we run we run a lot. Yeah, run a lot in Arkansas, yeah. so it would make sense. But just watching out for that, and hmm. another one that's really hit us pretty hard. Now, this is not unsafe. This is just another um, violation that I see very often. And that's usually under the vehicle maintenance basic. And that top violation there is called a tire and or audible air leak. And I feel like 95% of the time when I see that violation, they usually get put out of service when they receive it. And that's basically the DOT officer saying your one of your tires is too flat or it is flat or it's just too low to be considered a flat. And we've seen that a lot. And I, my recommendation to our guys is in our industry in this drive, what we do, you know, we need to be just doing tire checks every time we stop. You know, there's no reason why we can't just step out of the truck, take a few minutes to put a gauge on it, see what. So, give me an at. example of, of one of our guys that calls you and what, what did uh, what did the DOT officer write him up for? I mean, that was what the so there's an actual federal code and it's called I can't remember the actual code, but it's a the actual violation itself is described as a tire and or audible air leak. And essentially, that just means either your tire can be low enough to be. But you low don't enough. have a specific. You can't remember one like our driver said. No, you know it was. Yeah, I had a flat tire, and he wrote me up for a flat tire. Or yeah, there's two I can think of. So one owner operator told me that he he knew he did have a flat, and he was he only had like two miles to go until he got to the shop to get it fixed. And in that two miles, sure enough, he ended up getting stopped by an Come officer. On. So he went ahead and took the risk and. I just told him, you know, with my recommendation with, with our CSA and our CSA pay, pay set up the way it is, and it was actually on the trailer. Now, obviously, it is going to be more of a cost for a road call, but 
But I think Oakley would rather pay, go ahead and pay for that road call for that two-mile period than rather risk our guy getting CSA points for, yeah, for a definitely. violation. Definitely. Um, and the other one I could think of that happened recently, owner operator just said, and I, I had to have you know, take my tires for lift out of the facility. I had to just pick something up on the road. And I guess at that point, it, it is hard to avoid, you know, if you don't hear, see something, feel something, and maybe you did pick up something and it leaks down. But unfortunately, we just, well, that's that, that's frustrating because, you know, you, the, I know they try to, you try to prevent that and, oh, and yeah. look at stuff. But man, it's so hard when you, I mean, it is. You know, when it everything's good when you take off, but when you, you know, as you're going down the road, stuff happens, and then you get caught, and it's yeah. just frustrating. That's hard to explain to an officer too. Yeah. Whenever, you yeah. know, yeah. I, I did my pre-trip; it was aired up, and now it's not. He's yeah. He's no, he doesn't take an effect or take an account that it could have happened oh, within yeah. that mile stretch, but he's still going to. Or those it. air leaks. I mean, I, I could imagine how hard it is to find those. Oh yeah, especially if you got a slow one. Oh my good. Yeah, so that, that's some of your top violations of speeding. Man, we and I think get that actually was our top four. Those, you know, those three speedings, which and are different tires. ones, and then the tires. Those are were our top four violations altogether. So that's what our guys need to focus on right now. Yes, yeah. sir. Speeding and, and tires. Speedings and tires. Okay, that's been our our biggest ones. Okay. Well, how the geo tabs going? Going really good. Didn't they give us kind of credit for how many we've installed? Yeah, so I, we were talking with True North, our liability insurance carrier, just in a meeting that we had scheduled, and and they'd made reference. They said they're kind of keeping up with our our rollout, and they said they are involved and hear of a lot of carriers that are kind of transferring over to a new telematic system, and they're kind of raving to, about Oakley. They said you know, they haven't seen the rate and efficiency that Oakley's been pushing these out, and I think that says a lot about you know our company. It says a lot about our owner operators. Uh, between safety and, and dispatch coordinating them in here and then of course all the shop guys out there doing their job on right. on getting those installed whenever you can you can install 12 a day it's kind of what we're shooting for that, that keeps them busy out there but it also says a lot about the efficiency the efficiency and how we conduct ourselves well and i hear jason webb hollering out there yeah all, yeah he, he's been on get it. in here and get to <laughs> get these things done which is good and that's a great yeah. point on the shop out there being able to get them all done I just want to thank our owner operators too for being receptive to, to this and taking the time to be able to let us make this change and making it easier on us. You know, yeah. they've been very helpful and going forward with it, sit there in the class, ask their questions. They've been learning it. And it's, it's what's the feedback good. you get now that we've got over 500 in? What kind of feedback you getting? Pretty good overall? Overall, I say so. I mean, everybody's seen obviously that first week of using it, you're a little frustrated because it's a different system, but. You know, following up with our guys and them using that new system after they've learned it, they really enjoy it because it is, you know, I think it's an overall easier system once you get the hang of things. Is the iPad the way to go or, or your phone? I, we're seeing it varied. I, I think we're seeing more so if they do start with the phone, they're investing in an iPad or yeah. a tablet later on just because it's a larger screen. They can view the graph a little easier and just right. keep keep their you know, personal phone off to the side and just use their device for logging and they leave it installed in their trucks and that's all they use it for. And I probably would, Jeremy, if I was, if I was driving for us and on this system, I would probably use a pad just because you can see everything on one screen. Phone works definitely fine. So I don't want to push anybody to spend the money if they don't yeah. want to, but it is easier on a pad to see everything. I was talking, you know, you hear some guys that they don't want to give their phone to the DOT officer, yeah, right. which I, I get that. Mm -hmm. Well, I happen to, I was, I've had a Lieutenant Doug Lafferty on here a couple of times. 
matter of fact, I called him the other day and I said, I got to get you back on here. Yeah. He said, yeah, anytime. That'd be great. And and we might get him in here and one of you guys and bounce things back and forth. But that'd be great. yeah, he that said, you know, I mentioned that to him about we were going through this and, and a lot of guys didn't want to let a DOT officer look at their phone. He said, I can just tell you, I don't want to look at their phone. Either. <laughs> I don't want to see anything in their phone. Yeah. You know, what's going on? He said, that's the last thing I want to do is go through the stuff on their phone. You know, I just need to, to see the logs and that. And so there you go. it's the same, same deal. But that, we'll have to do that. That'll be a, a future show. Maybe in the next few weeks we'll get him up here yeah. and maybe do a little uh, Q&A with the safety department and the DOT officer. I think that sounds great. We yeah, did they, one over at the ATA one time. There were some law enforcement officers there. And once you start talking to them, you know, they're just like us. They've got yeah. a job to do. and we can kind of show our concerns and they can relate to it and then they can kind of show their side of things. And I think it was a great little meeting that we had with them. Just yeah. I've got several questions. I can, I can think of already. I'd ask <laughs> yeah. them. So. Start writing them down. That's so right. we'll, we'll get them ready for old Lafferty. When, yeah. Uh, put him on the hot seat. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> okay. Before we, before we finish up, I really wanted to touch on some accidents because, you know, as we all know, we do all this, so stuff safety stuff you know whether it's i mean the, the tires the speeding the cameras the we do it all to help ourselves and the owner operator in case of an accident mm -hmm. so we have to, all these measures in place to to be able because as, as a safety department and, and even i think like this too is is i think of the end result well what if we're in court you know are we covered? Are yeah. we, how do we protect ourselves and the owner operator? Because we have the liability insurance. So we're going to pay, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the, the owner operator, he, his escrow is on the line and, but it, that's all he pays. If it's a half a million dollar lawsuit, if it's a $50,000 lawsuit, he pays the first five and then we have to cover the rest up yeah. to two fifty. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to get you guys to share a couple of, things about accidents so our owner operators understand what we're doing here and, and some of the how hard it is as a trucking company to come out on the on the good side i mean oh, yeah. we have a target on our back a bullseye on our back we do uh, just like the driver does too mm -hmm. and yeah. we're we're in it together his truck pulling our trailer and we provide liability insurance we're trying to protect protect both of us. Absolutely. Deal. So what's a couple examples you got, Barnett? Yeah, I have some examples here, but just briefly, I attended a conference a few months ago and they're explaining that, you know, prosecuting attorneys used to focus on medical malpractice because that's where the money was. That's where they were receiving most of their compensation. But they've since within the last six or seven years geared towards the trucking companies because they see that there there's money in it. And until there's tort reform, you know, maybe even on the federal level where more states start pushing out tort reform. Here recently, Texas passed a bill, HR 19, that um, it was actually HB 19, where they kind of did some modifications to their judicial system. So whenever we see that nationwide, I think we're going to see hopefully less and less prosecuting attorneys going after these. And that's to where they can limit what what they can how much they can sue for is that what that is yeah there's a lot of moving parts depending on what what gets passed but ultimately it does put certain caps on how much an attorney okay. can make off a certain suit it, okay and i know here in arkansas we had it on the ballot last year and then a week before we had the election you know they they came out and said you can vote for it but it's not going to count they ended up pulling it from the ballot 
Mm-hmm. And all it did was that that exact thing was limit the amount of, that a plaintiff attorney can make off a certain suit. It did not cap off or limit any you know medical or bodily injury payments to an individual. It was just strictly just, attorney based. Oh, okay, I got you. But no, that a lot of powers played a factor in that. But you you could see it on the ballot, but it it didn't count if you voted for mm. it. And and just to give another little percentage. In one year between, you know, 17, 2017 and 2018, the award for trucking related liability claims rose 483%. And that was according to the American Transport and Research Institute. Golly. And that's that, those, um, what, what they call nuclear verdicts. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the yeah. reason for that. So what would you consider, Jeremy? I'll ask you here. What What do you think of a nuclear verdict? What? Well, it used to be um, millions Millions, yeah. you know, is what it uh, it used to be, and then just recently they had one that went to a billion. Man, mm-hmm. but I, I don't get it. You know, there's got to be something done about that. But used to be, you know, years ago you'd hear of a a big company getting a verdict for ten million, twenty million. You're thinking, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, over an accident. You know, whether it's a rear end or something, and then people wonder why we get all excited. Yeah, <laughs> as a company in the safety department and insurance, and it's a big deal. So. It does. So normally, yeah, I think the cutoff now is about a million. Still, anything over a million dollars is considered nuclear. Oh, is it? But ultimately, I I think of nuclear even being lower than that. Whenever you have some minor soft tissue related claims that normally would result in about five thousand to ten thousand dollar payout reaching upwards of twenty five to fifty thousand dollars and that becoming the norm, I, I see that as nuclear whenever there's you. not a lot of injury. There's and we're still paying out those kind of numbers. And I have a great example here and I will show you some pictures just to get your opinion on it. Oh, okay. Good. So this was an accident that we had in Shreveport. We were I'll let you look at the pictures while I give you some backstory. So we were delivering at a customer's facility our owner operator missed the turn, you know, kind of stopped in the middle of the roadway, turned his flashers on and the some conflicting statements, but it was said that we were backing up in traffic, trying to swing out wide enough to make the turn into the customer's facility. And if you notice, I know with the, just with audio, you won't be able to see the damage, but what it is, it's a Hyundai parked behind one of our dump trailers. And the only noticeable damage is on the passenger side bumper. If you look there, Jeremy, there's a little bit of black mark from maybe. I don't hardly see anything. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of black mark maybe from our mud flap there. I'll let you look at that for a second. I think it might be on this one. On this one right here? Yeah. Yeah, barely little. I got to pull out my specs because I, <laughs> I can't even see a mark anywhere. Yeah. So this was actually the very first trial that I attended with our owner operator and this went to trial it did yes sir and the reason being just because of the you know astronomical figures that the prosecuting attorney was putting in place and trying to get awarded we couldn't agree on an amount in mediation and we had to take it to trial and it's it's an interesting process and i know driving over the road you never think you're going to be put in that position so you look at something so minor and to reach to reach trial. And I know driving over the road, everybody always wakes up and thinks, you know, accidents aren't going to happen to me. I'm not going to be put in that position, but they do happen. And uh, this is a prime example of what it could lead up to. So just 
they had about six thousand dollars racked up in medical. Expenses. Somebody got hurt off of this, allegedly. Yeah, there's an alleged injury where they it was about fifty eight hundred dollars in medical, and the majority were just chiropractic visits. They had an MRI. They were claiming bulging discs, but the MRI had stated otherwise. What do you think in court that we awarded this claimant? Just well, I hope nothing. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I hope. Yeah. But evidently not. So, I mean, I can't see any damage on this car, and they're saying they're hurt. I mean, maybe and they wanted fit, maybe ten grand. What about you? I don't know if you're familiar with this one, JP. What What do you think? I actually, I remember the accident. I'm not familiar with the process and what do we all end up paying out. But that was actually gonna be my number two, Jim. About ten to fifteen is probably what we ended up paying the paying claimant out. out. Yeah. Yeah. So the judge awarded the claimant alone about twenty six thousand dollars for her bodily injury, resulting from this claim. And in looking at it, it looks like a mm -hmm. loss based mm -hmm. on the figures you all thought it would be. But even more shocking, that's not considering the cost of defense. So cost of defense to, you know, take it to trial and all the mediations and depositions that needed to take place, the cost of defense was $66,000. Wow. And with property damage included, that's about $94,000. Was the total was expense. Was the total expense that Oakley had to incur based on an alleged backing incident where there was just There's a minor no, scuff mark no. on the view. Wow. That makes me want to throw up. It does. And it gets frustrating <laughs> over there kind of working these and seeing the cost that it takes. So even a win doesn't always feel like it based on the amount of money we have to right. pay to defend these. Did claims. we get a ticket? No, no citation. What do you have? Do you have another one? Uh, I don't have any pictures of any others, but I can give you a range. So, Do um, you have one? And I'm just putting you on the spot. Do yeah. you have one that was totally not our fault and we still had to pay out? I can't think of any off the top. Normally, if they're they're not our fault, okay. well, there might be some expense costs, but I've never seen us actually pay out for an accident that's not our fault. I mean, we may. Well, we have. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. we have. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. What um, What about the other one you had then? So just a range. So we have that one, 90000 and then you have more when you start looking at, and that's, you know, something minor. And then you, when you start looking at the more severe accidents that we've had where there is some negligence maybe on our owner-operator's part and, and one that comes to mind was a $3.5 million payout for a, a rear end accident where our owner operator just, you know, was somehow distracted, wasn't paying attention and, and caused a rear end accident. And that just kind of shows the range from, from minor to severe. Mm. And I tell. I guess people were hurt. And... Yeah. So there was a, some brain injury involved in that mm. one that caused the. Went to trial. Yeah. Wow. Or did that even go to trial? Did we that just one, settle that, that one? one? I think we just settled. I don't think that one actually. Well, it gets out trial. of our hands at that point. It's gets it's in the insurance mm -hmm. attorney's yeah. hands because yeah, we're we're you know you first you lose the the owner operator loses five thousand, then we pay up to two hundred fifty thousand, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then insurance picks up after that. Yeah. And that's important to know. You hear a lot of, well, insurance covers that. So there's a lot of factors in play. So with yeah. a self-insured retention, Oakley really incurs a lot of that front-end cost yeah. for these accidents. And then even beyond that, it you might not be paying out as far as, you know, when it reaches into the millions, but ultimately you do because it affects your insurance rates. It affects the likeliness to you obtaining liability insurance because all of these claims get factored in. Yeah. Whenever they rewrite your, insurance. that's a whole nother podcast. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you start getting into what what's you know what's happened this past year, 
what's settled, what hadn't, what's still hanging out there for years. Mm -hmm. I don't guess you know how long that the time from that accident happened. I'm talking about this this uh, small one mm -hmm. that cost ninety something thousand. The time the accident happened until the actual trial and it settled. I think it was it happened in seventeen, and I think it was in nineteen that it yeah. ended up. So just so drag it out. Keep dragging it oh, out. Oh, yeah. It does. And That's those frustrating. expenses keep dragging out as well. Well, I told JP when we come in here, I said, if we talk about bad stuff first, then we'll end on a good positive note. So <laughs> I don't know that that's ending on a positive <laughs> note, JP. Yeah. You got any positive information for us to end up, end up on? I, I do have some positive information. Going back to our CSA, you know, with, with many owner-operators we got out there, as much as, you know, many inspections we do get, we're looking at – 66% of our owner-operators have zero CSA points. And that's I think awesome. that's a fantastic, fantastic number. And then you've got 22% at 1 to 15, which is still good. 16 to 30 at 7.6%. Uh, so you, that's some really good numbers there to see. Yeah. Yeah, we got some great owner-operators. I mean, you know, you, you that take care of us every day, that represent us well every day, that, you know, are very safety-minded. And you can tell by – getting them in here and talking to them. I mean, as y'all are doing, putting these new new cameras in, I mean, we got some great guys we that, do. Yeah. that are taking care of us. Thank goodness, you know, and that starts on the front end, referring guys here and going through, you know, putting the right guy to work here, you know, making sure we're particular on who we, who we lease on and staying consistent with that. That's right. You yeah. know, not dropping our standards. We got to con continue to be consistent with that. And then it – it produces good people and good, safe drivers, and that's what we're after here. Absolutely. Well, appreciate it. Is that all you guys got? Think, yes, sir. I think that's all I have. I um, think that's it. And I just want to send a quick reminder out to, you know, our quarterly videos, Syntex videos are going going back out. And right now, Alex, uh, Ryan, Cal Haney, and Garrett, their owner operators are on our quarterly list for this Q1. So be expecting those to come out. Okay, good deal. Well, thank you guys for joining me and doing this episode. I think it's very informative. I think it's good information that'll help our owner operators do their job better every day and, and think about the big picture a little bit too. So, yeah. All right, I appreciate everybody joining the Oakley podcast once again. Don't forget we come out every week with a new one, every Wednesday, and we will make sure we get it out to everybody. And please be sure and subscribe, like, and comment on all our videos. It helps tremendously. Once again, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oakley Podcast, Trucking, Business, and Family. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate or review the show in the podcast platform of your choice and share it with a friend. We love hearing from our audience, so if you've got a question, comment, or just want to say hello, head over to our website, theoakleypodcast.com, and click the Leave a Comment button. We'll get you a response soon and may even share some of the best ones here on the show. We'll be back with a fresh episode very soon. Thanks for listening.